Greetings, listeners, domestic, international, and extraterrestrial. And Norwegian. That is encompassed <laughs> in international. I was going to say emphasis on international, but I guess emphasis on specifically Norwegians. Yep. Everybody else can go to hell. Well, I didn't say that. That's that's a bit extreme. If you're in New Zealand, Kristen hates you. That is not true. I would like to come live there, please. <laughs> Both of us would. <laughs> we'll accept any offers. <laughs> At all. Whatever you got. Shanty. <laughs> Shed. Hovel. Yes, I was thinking a hovel. I couldn't remember the word for hovel. I was thinking a little, a little, a tiny little shelter made out of stone. <laughs> Anything. Yeah. Just, just let us come back. <laughs> yes, please. I'm Dave Reed. And I'm Kristen Riley. And this is The Cast Files. I am a nerd who has somehow never seen The X-Files. And I watched it when it originally aired. The Cast Files is a podcast where we watch and discuss every episode of The X-Files spoiler-free. Today, we are talking about Season 2, Episode 19. Dold the Calm. Or in English, Dead Calm. It originally aired March 10th, 1995. The teleplay was by Howard Gordon and Alex Ganza. Story by Howard Gordon. It was directed by Rob Bowman, the director of Airborne. <laughs> the rock and roller blade movie. <laughs> Starring Shane McDermott, Seth Green, and a young Jack Black. Delightful. <laughs> so, ready to get into it? Absolutely. This episode is in the North Atlantic. Mulder and Scully investigate the crew of a U.S. Navy ship, all of whom somehow radically aged. The agents locate the ship before anyone else, including <laughs> the U.S. Navy, who knows where the coordinates are. Is that what Hulu says? And, uh, oh, but, not and, but, like the vessel's crew before them, Mulder and Scully also suffer from rapid aging. They do. And it doesn't get corrected, and so for the rest of the seasons, they have to wear this prosthetic makeup. That would be rough. That would be rough. The really, really old person makeup is asinine. It's ridiculous. Well, it's I've... horrible. It looks like the Six Flags guy. The Six Flags guy? I have no idea what you're talking about. Well, we're going to pause this recording right now. No? I have never seen that commercial in my entire life. There was a series of them. I don't think I lived close enough to a Six Flags. I didn't either. Not a Six Flags over Indianapolis? No, there's no, there's nothing over Indianapolis. <laughs> Kings Island eventually became a Six Flags, but not while I was in there. In there? Over there? Around there? But, um, but not over. Not, not over. Not over it. Never over Indianapolis. No. That was appalling. <laughs> wow okay i love that it was in standard yeah and i love just thinking about how we told riley it's what everything looked like <laughs> i i love the first time we had him watch something in standard def and he was like how could you recognize anybody <laughs> <laughs> jokes on him i don't <laughs> <laughs> 
So the U.S. premiere of this episode helped the Fox network secure its highest ever Friday night rating, confirming the status of the X-Files as one of the U.S. <laughs> it says the USA's. It's one of the U.S.'s top-rated television shows. Wow. I think it had a night switch because the last episode aired February 24th. Mm-hmm. So this one is not seven days later. No, it's whatever. It seems like this would, this premiere, yeah, the U.S. premiere of this episode, well, was obviously on a Friday. So this must have been the TGI Friday, baby. Yeah, I don't think that was on Fox. I don't know what it was on. NBC? Sure. ABC? Also sure. CBS? Sure. I had all of those. Had to be one of them. <laughs> I had all of those because they all came together at one point. So, .com received mostly mixed to moderately positive reviews. Entertainment Weekly gave .com a B, noting that, quote, Despite clumsy makeup, isolation pays off again, and Mulder and Scully get to try a little tenderness. Get to try a little tenderness, huh? That's what they say. Like 16 Candles. No, Pretty in Pink. Terrible movies to reference. Emily Vanderwerf from the AV Club. Despite noting her original dislike for the episode, awarded it a B rating and wrote, quote, This episode works almost in spite of itself. <laughs> fair. You I know what? I Honestly, think that's fair. I read that and I was like, harsh, but then I watched it twice and went, oh, never mind. There are so many nice little moments here. It's a script that pauses from the constant horror the show had been serving up for several episodes in a row to just tell an unsettling, ultimately moving tale of two friends who look into the abyss and somehow don't fall. Nice. Nice way to put it. I like that. And then finally, Robert Sherman and Lars Pearson in their book, Wanting to Believe, colon, a critical guide to the (laughs) X-Files, Millennium, and The Lone Gunman, rated the episode three and a half stars out of five. They noted that although the episode brims over with atmosphere, the ending of Dodd Calm was extremely lacking. Sherman and Pearson argued, quote, that if the writers can only devise a plot which paints them into a corner so awkward there's no realistic way to get out of it, then they shouldn't write the story at all. Wow. Unquote. The two also criticized the episode's makeup. (laughs) They noted that, quote, Scully looks like a credible old lady, Mulder rather more like a man wearing several layers of latex, unquote. He looks like Six Flags guy. I guess this is a note I have later. I'll go ahead and say it now. The middle ground old person makeup yeah. looks good on all of them. It's when they get into the like old, old person makeup that they're just, it's a rubber mask. Yeah, I agree. Because I was thinking that too. After, between the first watch and the second watch, I read through some of these criticisms. And so I paid more attention instead of just like, Obviously, the old, old is a bit much. Yeah. (laughs) But I agree. The middle ground was pretty good. The slow progression. Yeah, because Trondheim stays there Mm -hmm. the whole time, and he just, he looks good. Yeah. And Scully stays there for longer. Yes. Uh, Yes. She does get into old, old makeup, and it looks bad on her, too. Yeah. But the middle ground old person makeup looks really, really good. The makeup department nailed that one. I agree. And then suddenly forgot how to do actual, what old people actually look like. <laughs> right, they were like, what does an old person look like? Yeah. All right, so the cast. We have John Savage as Henry Trondheim. You may recognize him as Stephen from The Deer Hunter. <laughs> Diddy Mao. 
<laughs> All I know is that the Deer Hunter makes me feel weird things when it's referenced. I've never seen it. <laughs> I feel like it's a movie I should never see. Oh, I mean, it's upsetting. Oh, because we were referencing it recently. Yeah, I showed you there. Somebody did a Photoshop picture <laughs> of Christopher Walken from the Deer Hunter sitting at the Hot Ones table. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. That's so, but yes. Okay. Uh, we also have David Cubitt as Captain Barkley. He plays someone named Ray Donovan. No, he plays someone who I forgot to write down in a movie called Ray Donovan starring Liev Schreiber. Yes. <laughs> Eventually I got there. It was a TV show for a while, then a movie. Ah. Based on TV. All I did was I looked him up on IMDb and I was like, this is just a cover photo of Liev Schreiber. <laughs> he plays Ray Donovan. So I just pulled that one because I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> I, something about having looking at one person's IMDb page and seeing someone so recognizable. Just pop up. And it's only him. It's not like him and some other people on the cover. It was just him. Then we have Vladimir Kulich. Kulich. Hell yes. yeah. When I saw his name in the credits, I got so excited. You did. I believe you said it out loud each time. We could rule this world. Why do you oppose me? He plays Olafsson. He is also in your favorite movie ever. The 13th Warrior. I was going to say it, uh, but I was going to say the most underrated movie ever. I don't think it's my favorite. I think it does not get nearly enough credit for how good it is. I thank the Lord for his advice. It is a fantastic movie, and it gets shit on all the time. People are like, the 13th Warrior. Constantly, everywhere I go. Wow! You... <laughs> I'm like, you motherfuckers. Ruskin's weird. <laughs> it is. It's super weird. Albino squirrels, wild peacocks, wild pigs, pink moths. I love all of that. <laughs> it's strange. It's a strange place. <laughs> well, all of that part makes me want to go. <laughs> but if everybody's just telling me how bad the 13th warrior is, I feel like they need more to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we also have Stephen Demopoulos as Ionesco. He was the fire chief in a little series of movies called <laughs> Look Who's Talking. Oh. Two. He was only in the second one. Oh. But remember those movies with yeah, the I, talking babies? I do. I, I do quite a bit. Ugh, why? I don't know. The first one was cute. I guess. With the sperm swimming through the fallopian tubes. And the Pete Townsend song playing. Is it? <laughs> my love open the door. Ooh, yes. My love open the door. Ooh. Wild. What? Was it the 80s or the 90s? The 80s? Uh, late 80s, maybe? Yeah, it was part of that class. Man. 88. Wild time for strange movie concepts. <laughs> we have Claire Riley as Dr. Laskos. She was a TV reporter in Freddy vs. Jason. Nice. Robert Metcalf as Nurse. He was Mr. Anderson and he was also Mr. Hunt in 21 Jump Street, which I've never seen, but he played two people. And were they twins? Was it a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde situation? Is it the movie or the TV show? The one with Johnny Depp. Ah, TV show. Ah, okay. Were those two people significant or were they only named in the, in the scripts? Why did he get to play two people? They were probably teachers never in know. different seasons. I'll never know. Since they're just Mr. Last Names, and it took place in a high school. Oh. It was 30-year-olds going undercover in high schools. Why did we do that so many times in movies and TV shows, too? Oh. Wow. But it's how we got Richard Grieco, so I will be forever grateful. 
Is that? <laughs> Richard Grieco, it's a person. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't sure if it was a movie. <laughs> wow. Well, if Ray Donovan's a movie. Rude. <laughs> I'll not have this Richard Grieco erasure. <laughs> you in, won't? Well, in tell my me, home. Well, tell me what else he's in. He's in uh, some spy movie with Roger Daltrey. Great, thanks. I will remember this never. Uh, if looks could kill. Oh, I can't believe I cannot Ooh. believe I remember that. Good job. I've wow. never seen it. Don't know what it is. I probably saw it <laughs> once in 1991. Wow. <laughs> but I like Roger Daltrey as an actor. All right. Well, I guess he's got one fan. <laughs> At least. I'm sure his. I was going to say his parents like him, but he's so old now that there's no way they're still alive. Rude. <laughs> Thanks for bringing us all down. Oh, yeah. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> all right. Are you ready to get into it? Uh, I guess. Okay. So we're going to start off with a uh, with a choice. Oh, choose your own adventure. <laughs> Mutiny or survival? Oh, uh, that's not really a choice. That's like you mutiny to survive. I know, but that's what they were yelling about at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, Captain, what's his face? Barkley. Barclay was like there was a lot of pulling guns on people without the intention to shoot I believe one person pulled a gun on somebody with the not necessarily intention but the willingness yes but there were three guns pulled Uh and only one of them I'm gonna say one of them was willing yes and of course I have commentary about this later okay well we'll get there but this at the beginning and then toward the end there's another time when there's a gun pulled and it's like where is the gun safety? <laughs> what are you, U.S. cops? Ah. <laughs> ah. Yeah, now who's bringing everything down? The cops. The show begins with a naval ship evacuation taking place in the Norwegian Sea. Why is the U.S. Navy in the Norwegian Sea? Uh, I mean, the U.S. Navy basically gets to go wherever they want. Hmm. Okay. Captain Barclay tells the men who are preparing to leave that they are committing mutiny. Lieutenant Harper says, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Pass. Yep. Captain Barkley pulls a gun on him, but Lieutenant Harper leaves anyway, and Captain Barkley is like, well, I guess I have no friends now because my last friend I pulled a gun on, he's not going to want to come back and be my friend anymore. Rude. I don't know. What's a little gun pulling amongst friends? (laughs) I did tell you that I've had three people pull guns on me. Yes. It's insane. It's insane that I suppressed that for so long. Yeah. Production note. The actors who played the Norwegian fishermen spoke a mix of Danish and Norwegian with Finnish pronunciation for some words. Why? I don't know. What? It didn't, it didn't go into why. It just said that that's what happened. That's interesting. 18 hours later, a fishing vessel with a crew playing cards detects a drifting boat. They radio out a call to the drifting craft, but get no response. And you said that these guys had a mix of accents. Like, what? They said they're a Canadian boat, but the first guy to talk was clearly Irish. Mm-hmm. And then the second guy to talk who said that they were Canadian sounded like he was from Minnesota. Yes. <laughs> and they are wearing some sweaters, but I wish they had Captain America level, like Captain America in Knives Out level sweaters. His, his sweater game was on point. It was movie. so good. I looked for a while for those sweaters. It's just cable knit sweater. You, I don't... No, it's a special kind. Oh. 
the ones that he was wearing are special rich people people kind oh. that are super expensive and I couldn't find them but I know I found out about them I couldn't find where to buy them because oh. I probably have to ask how much they are which means I can't afford them I see we also don't live in a place where we could ever wear one no but I also was thinking they should have if they're if they can't afford the knives out level swanky sweaters then they should have gone the scream level cream knits, which I meant to change into before our recording, but it's just too hot to wear. Yeah, incredibly hot. I did buy one though. Uh-huh. I do have a cream knit sweater. Fantastic. I know. Brag. <laughs> it was 88 degrees today, guys. Yeah. <laughs> From the deck, they spy a boat full of huddled men. They throw out a rope to reel them in. And this is when we see our first advanced aging makeup. And why they didn't get a few old people to play this portion, we'll never know. That's exactly what I wrote down. Just get some old guys. Put them in a boat on a soundstage. I know that they put the face freckle or mole, I don't know, probably a mole, on the one guy, the lieutenant, so that we could identify him through his makeup. But you you had to put that on his makeup to see it. So they could have just added that to anybody else and we would be like oh his distinguishing facial mark is right there yeah and i totally missed that entirely so well pointless (laughs) at bethesda naval hospital Mulder and scully meet and speak about a missing navy ship that has been gone for about 42 hours i love that he calls her and does not tell her what's going on oh my gosh and she (laughs) says what why couldn't you have told me and he said i don't want to i didn't want to waste time i didn't want to waste time by having you physically come here as opposed to telling you over the phone that i had you on at least 15 minutes ago probably longer Mm -hmm. i like to imagine that they drove over together (laughs) and she was just (laughs) getting coffee downstairs or something (laughs) (laughs) and on the way he's just flipping through the radio Mulder, what's so important? I, there's no time. <laughs> click, click. <laughs> what would he be scanning the radio for? Take on me. Take on me. Take me on. Wow. Beautiful. Wow. I'm jealous. According to Mulder, a Canadian trawler picked up the only 18 survivors and now... Only one of those 18 is left, and he's in intensive care. So I guess everybody else did. Mulder asks Scully to inspect the survivor and report back, because he says, oh, they won't let me in, but your credentials will let you in. And here, here's a pass. I got you a pass, and um, let me know. And then he, like, runs away, giggling. (laughs) (laughs) I know. He may as well have. Like, just went around the corner, peeked around the corner. (laughs) Yeah, he set Scully up so hard, and when she finds out, she rolls with it, but she's like, oh. <laughs> I loved it. It was pretty fun. Uh, so, upon seeing the older Harper, Scully asks if there's been a mistake, and the nurse who is there doesn't want any of her shit. He's like, why are you here? Why? How dare you ask me questions? Are you sure this is the right man? There's some mistake. No. No, there's not. Everybody's fingerprinted. He's been checked a bunch of times. You're wasting my time, strange lady who's not supposed to be here. (laughs) The attitude with his salt and pepper hair. And then the doctor comes in. Oh, the doctor's so great. So the doctor questions Scully's credentials and clearance, which honestly should be happening more. 
probably. <laughs> and of course, her clearance is fake. Yep. So funny. Oh my gosh. And as soon as Scully and the doctor find out that, that this is fake, because they both learn it at the same time. You hear <laughs> you hear in the deep distance, sucker. <laughs> Scully doubles down and says, well, I'm a medical doctor and I demand <laughs> yeah. to see this, this, and this. And the doctor's like, get out of here. Get, leave before I make you leave. Yes, it was beautiful. So Scully leaves before she learns anything besides this is absolutely the right guy. But why did they bother to fly this guy from Norway to Maryland? I don't know. That's why all of the other guys died. Yeah, he has limited time left. Let's fly him 17 hours across the world. No idea. Unclear. Scully and Mulder discuss what she saw and then go over the route which the Navy ship took, which actually, if you look at it, doesn't make any sense. (laughs) Mulder says nine ships have disappeared in roughly the same place along the 65th parallel, and Scully wonders... If it is like a Bermuda Triangle of sorts. And hair and makeup did David Duchovny no favors in this scene. No. It's 1995. Garnier Fructis exists. It does. And it smells nice. Just needs a little smoothing milk. That's it. You don't need a lot. Nope. Even a little bit of leave-in conditioner. Yeah, he's just just touch of it. Like blow-dried hair that's (laughs) rough. So in this scene, they mention wormholes, and I was like, oh, I want to learn about wormholes, and so do you. So <laughs> what is wormhole theory? Space.com gave me this little bit. Einstein's theory of general relativity mathematically predicts the existence of wormholes, but none have been discovered to date. A negative mass wormhole might be spotted by the way its gravity affects light that passes by. I was like, oh, all right. So then I thought... So we haven't discovered any. Have we tried to make them? Because I knew the answer was going to be yes. Oh, was the answer yes? So, the question is, can humans create wormholes? And Scientific American does not say that we can't. (laughs) (laughs) Quote, we're learning that we can, in fact, build wormholes that stay open using simple quantum effects. Somebody named Grado White says... So far, nothing like a made-to-order human-sized wormhole machine looks likely, but the results do show progress. Interesting. You know who made a lot of progress in this? Commander John Crichton. (laughs) He did, yep. Of IASA. Yep, he did. Mulder calls it a wrinkle in time. They discuss a Philadelphia experiment, which was discontinued in light of the Manhattan Project. Mulder tells her about a ship which disappeared without explanation from the Philadelphia shipyard and reappeared in Norfolk, Virginia. It may have done so with the help of, wait for it, alien technology and the manipulation of wormholes on Earth. Ooh, or it may have done so with the help of shitty radar that didn't work properly. The two then take off without telling Skinner that they are investigating the space-time phenomena. So I pulled up some stuff about the Philadelphia experiment. I did the origins of the Philadelphia experiment and the origins of the Manhattan Project because I know that we've gotten a bunch of, we've all heard things about these things. Okay. But I was like, let's see what Wikipedia can tell us about the origins of these things. Okay. The story of a Philadelphia experiment originated in late 1955 when Carl M. Allen sent an anonymous package marked Happy Easter containing a copy of Morse K. Jessup's book, The Case for the UFO, colon, Unidentified Flying Objects, 
to the U.S. Office of Naval Research. The book was filled with handwritten notes in its margins, written with three different shades of blue ink, appearing to detail a debate among three individuals, only one of whom is given a name, Jimmy. J-E-M-I. Jimmy! They commented on Jessup's ideas about the propulsion for flying saucers, discussed alien races, and expressed concern that Jessup was too close to discovering their technology. Wow. I love that that's the origin. What happened to Jessup? Did he die mysteriously? That is, I don't know. I don't know when the book was written. I just know the copy of the book. Let's see. I didn't think to see what happened to Jessup. Boris Ketchum Jessup Ketchum. was... It was an American UFOologist. Ufologist. Ufologist. Stop making up terms, people. He's from Rockville, Indiana. He had a Master of Science degree in astronomy, and though employed for most of his life as an automobile parts salesman and a photographer, he's probably best remembered for his writings on UFOs. Okay, cool. Yeah, so he did not die. He was not dead when they sent that copy. So they're worrying that he's getting too close. Sounds like... They're saying that's why he was assassinated, but he was still alive at the time. Yeah. It's weird. It is weird. Good question. Yeah. Thank you. So, the Manhattan Project origins. The discovery of nuclear fission by German chemists Otto Hahn and Fritz Strassmann in 1938, and its theoretical explanation by Lise Meitner and Otto Frisch, made the development of an atomic bomb a theoretical possibility. So, what Mulder is saying is this thing that happened in... The mid-50s was ended because of the thing that started in the late 30s. (laughs) Editors note, the so-called Philadelphia experiment took place in 1943. There's a guy named, depending on who's telling the story, Carlos Allende or Carl Allen, who says that he witnessed the USS Eldridge disappear and says that it reappeared in uh, Norfolk, Virginia, just like Mulder says, but then teleports back to Philadelphia. Uh, The only problem is there's zero corroboration. The USS Eldridge was only commissioned earlier that year, and according to all paperwork and documentation, it was in the Bahamas at the time. This guy, Carl Allen, is completely unreliable. There's nothing to back him up. The claims he makes are the side effects of the crew that was on board include, like, insanity and etherealness, like uh, they are passing through walls and stuff, some of them being frozen in the walls. It's it's just completely ludicrous, and, and thanks, Mulder, for bringing it up. There were fears that a German atomic bomb project would develop one first, especially among scientists who were refugees from Nazi Germany and other fascist countries. And look at how... So I, I pulled up fascism, too, just to remind everybody, because um, oh. it sounds too similar to where we're going right now but look how this is the pronunciation (laughs) okay (laughs) so for anyone who is unclear fascism is a form of far-right authoritarian ultra nationalism characterized by dictatorial power forcible suppression of opposition and strong regimentation of society and the economy that rose to prominence in early 20th century europe the first fascist movements emerged in Italy during World War I before spreading to other European countries. They are opposed to anarchism, democracy, liberalism, and Marxism. Fascism is placed on the far right wing within the traditional left right spectrum. 
I just like to add some little extras because we keep hearing words and sometimes it's good to go back to the origins. In the port of Tildeskan, Norway, at a shipyard bar, Mulder and Scully look over a map with a Norwegian man. It becomes apparent that no one is willing to take them out to where the ship disappeared. Many of the sailors at the bar give them wry looks. Scully thinks they look afraid of their undertaking. She says, my father was on the sea his whole life. And while he had a healthy respect for the ocean, he never feared it. <laughs> Which is the stupidest. She got all Werner Herzog on us. I see nothing but terror in their eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, she did. Try to look a chicken in the eye with great intensity. And the intensity of stupidity that is looking back at you is just amazing. Ugh. You can respect and fear a thing. You respect it because it is scary and bigger than you. <laughs> and can kill you without without any emotion. Like dromedaries. <laughs> also, I'm terrified of the ocean. <laughs> <sighs> a man comes out of the shadows and explains that he used to work in a tourist town in Florida and was like, I hate the tourists, so I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> I'm from Pensacola. This guy's introduction is like, I'm the most American American that has ever Americaned. Yep. <laughs> He was so American that I'm shocked he was not wearing a Brooklyn Dodgers cap. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a lot. But I immediately recognized him as Henry Scudder, Ben Hawkins' dad from Carnival. <laughs> oh, was he in another episode of The X-Files? I don't think so. He's not in one I've seen. Was he in... Was somebody else from Carnival in another episode? Yes, yeah, somebody okay. from Carnival was in another episode. Yeah. I don't remember who, though. Okay. I remember bringing it up on the podcast. At yeah. Least. Still pissed that you let me get all the way to the end of season two and then watch it. It's a great show. Not the end of season two. <laughs> they clearly expected a season three. It's not my fault. I didn't cancel the show. I'm still salty. It's been like five years. <laughs> clearly. <laughs> since I watched it. It's been like 15 since it's ended. <laughs> at least, <yeah. laughs> Uh, well, Henry Trondheim will take them out there, but he says, well, I'll take you as soon as we shake on a price. So he's very American. He's, he is America, and so can you. Yes. But also, you should pay somebody who's going to take you on a 20-hour minimum. minimum round trip. So not mad about it. Production note, though. To ease filming, the producers sought out a set that they could use both as a bar and a hospital. Hmm. And I put this note here because now we've seen the hospital mm -hmm. and we've seen the bar. A task initially believed, quote, impossible by the show's location scouts. Eventually, Jericho Sailing Club in Vancouver was selected. When the set was completed, the cast and crew of Dodge Calm reportedly found it amazing. Well, good. Yep. That's nice. You'll also be happy to know that David Duchovny was particularly pleased because it was only <laughs> a short distance away from where he was living at the time. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. It was also all inside, so he didn't get rained on. Yep. The producers subsequently decided to find possible locations closer to where the main stars were living in order to ease future filming. That's actually, I'm not, I don't have a problem with that. No, me neither. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it made me think, how far out were they scouting locations before? But still. I know, that's why they started shooting a lot of stuff in Georgia. Well, tax breaks was why. But then, like, people started just living there for a while. I know, what's his, Brian... Cranston? Cranston, yeah. Moved to Albuquerque during uh, Breaking Bad. 
I would move to Albuquerque. Yeah, great show. I've only watched it once. I've never done a rewatch of it. I don't know if I want to. Didn't watch it. I wouldn't say it's my favorite show. It's definitely not my, obviously, Buffy the Vampire. Buffy is your favorite favorite show. show. But I think Breaking Bad might be the best show. Hmm. I I have no comment. I didn't watch it. I don't want to do a rewatch or a first watch. Not that I think it would be bad, but I just, eh. Eh. Yeah, you don't really care for pieces of media where the protagonist is a bad person. No. So I like complicated characters, but I don't want them to just be bad. Well, he starts off complicated. I know. But then he just ends up bad. Yeah. I live in this world, thank you. Uh, <laughs> that's unfortunate. <laughs> it is. Aboard the ship, Mulder looks to be seasick. No, Mulder is definitely seasick. When asked why the journey is taking longer than expected, Trondheim says that he's never seen fog this thick and it's making travel difficult. Dana Scully does some... Gillian Anderson does some good face acting in this scene. Oh, does she? Yeah, uh, when Mulder's doing his, your father's legs bit. <laughs> uh, she, she does some good face acting. It was Sarah Michelle Gellar quality face acting. Wow. <sighs> but not um, Willow. Oh, I mean, Allison Hannigan? Allison Hannigan. Crying? Makes Thinking about Allison Hannigan crying on screen makes me almost tear up. Yeah, it's, in, it's not fair. it's oh my heart besides trondheim notes they are right where they want to be the naval ship just appears on his radar mysteriously kind of like the other little boat appeared on the canadians radar Mm. out of nowhere and also very much like titanic and the iceberg oh basically his first mate goes titanic i mean iceberg dead ahead (laughs) (laughs) that guy's not in this for very long no unfortunate r.i.p holverson so they um they crash into the boat and then Mulder's no longer seasick even though he's moving from one boat on the sea to another boat on the sea he's never seasick again he's on a bigger boat now but uh, i think that this just lets us know that crashing cures motion sickness okay that's a good solid theory we should test that was my takeaway all right I see what you're saying, but this is what I'm saying. I I can get on board with that, too. (laughs) Mulder and Scully climb aboard the naval ship, which Trondheim calls a ghost ship. Everything is rotted and rusted over, including the plaque that says it was built in 1991, which Mulder says something about it being, like, 30 years old. And he's right, because... No, Trondheim said it was, like, 30. Nobody's been on this boat for 30 years. And I was like, yeah, 1991. (laughs) 30 years (laughs) 1991 was, like, 15 years ago. Let's not exaggerate. <laughs> 15 years after 1991, <laughs> Riley was born. Uh, <laughs> and now he's 15. <laughs> the entire vessel appears to be abandoned and old. They go to inspect the crew quarters, and the plaque mysteriously develops another layer of sediment, which they don't actually... It just corrodes really fast. Yeah. yeah. I guess because of the water in the atmosphere and the fog? guess so. They don't actually explain. There's a couple plot holes in this one. One of them's coming up shortly in my notes. In the quarters, they find several decaying bodies, or just decayed bodies, which appear as though they have been dead for a long period of time. It's so great because Scully tries to take a sample of some residue on a dead man's hand, and his hand just falls off. There's so much salt. They're going to take my moisture. Yes. So I 
looked briefly, I'm sure that I could have done more extensive research, but I was looking to see what story they were pulling this from because a lot of times they're pulling stories from other stories. And with Norway and the sea and Norse mythology and all of this stuff, I was trying to find a story about an angry god of the sea or that uses fog to capture people or trying to find some story that this was a retelling of. Mm. And I couldn't find anything. Well, the people were turning into pillars of salt. Right. So it really feels like there's... It, it's Lot's wife. But does, is that Norse? No. I not at think all. That's, so. that's the Bible. It's, it's whatever. Yeah. Christian mythology. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I had to go to church for a while and have no idea what's in the Bible. Isn't that cool? <laughs> I never went to church, but was surrounded by people who did, so I had to know it was in the Bible. <laughs> oh, I went to church, so um, nobody knew it was in the Bible. Right. <laughs> oh, and at this point is when we hear a noise, and it's Trondheim's ship starting and leaving without them. It disappears into the fog. Yep, just takes off. It just fucks right off. On its own. Mulder and Scully work to get the ship running again, but it's covered in the same residue. Uh, any work is impossible. It's just, it's pointless, but you know, you gotta do something. And the radio is inoperable, as are the engine parts. Trondheim demands straight answers. And what is, what is the phrase thing that he uses? It's something like, you're not telling me no, something. he said somebody's not telling okay. me what's going on. What a weird way to say that. <laughs> Somebody of the two of you out of the three of us. <laughs> Interesting, yeah. Mulder tells him it might be the result of a government experiment in which time might be manipulated. He's wrong, but... That's the running theory that he's got. It's true. And sometimes he's right. So... Most of the time he's right. It's true. Suddenly Halverson can be heard yelling from the depths of the ship. Upon discovering his head has been smashed in and he is now dead. The, uh, the trio hear someone moving through the ship. They go to investigate. In the galley freezer, they find Captain Barkley hiding with a bottle of... Jim off- Dandies. That's it. I was like, off brand Jack Daniels, Jim Dandies. He is aged horribly and frail. He is the Six Flags guy, and his fingernails are so long. Yes. For no real reason. Knowing what we know about the episode and what's actually causing this... That makes no sense whatsoever. He has cocaine fingernails. But you only need them, one, yeah. All of them. He likes to do... <laughs> he likes to do ten bumps at a time. Good lord. <laughs> Just do a couple lines at that no, point. Ten bumps from different fingers. <laughs> How do you keep it all on there? I don't know. I don't know. He's not doing it when we find him and then he dies, so we don't ever get to see it. From a cocaine overdose, probably. <laughs> probably. It's what turned him into salt. It wasn't actually salt. It was ah. all cocaine. <laughs> Scully interrogates him and asks him about a light the crew saw, which do we ever actually... Never. Okay. <laughs> Never explained. Okay. Barkley says that they had power loss after that, and even the sea and wind stopped. Time was lost. Yep. His old man voice is good, though. Yep. This actor. He's got a good old man voice. I... Especially when he goes, I'm 35 years old. Right, yeah. He does have a good old man voice. Trondheim has a good, I I am disgusted by drunks look on his face Mm -hmm. for them having found him in a bar. (laughs) And Henry Scudder being a drunk. Yep. 
Is he? Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, Barclay defers, saying time got lost for him and all his men. In a private conversation, Mulder and Scully do not think Barclay could have killed Halverson because Barclay is so weak, which they show us prior to this, which I appreciate by having him drink a glass of water and he has to use both hands to lift the glass of water to his mouth and he's shaking the whole time. In the meantime, Trondheim commits Halverson's body to the sea, which I asked, how long have they been out here? Six hours? <laughs> Isn't somebody going to want his body? Well, he was a sailor. That is what you he said. He was devoted to the sea. That's what you said. I don't know how devoted to the sea he was because I only saw him for 13 seconds when he yelled the Titanic line. <laughs> and then he did. While Trondheim is out there throwing the body into the ocean, he's attacked by Olafson, who... Vladimir Coolidge. Yep. I have only these hands. I will die a pauper. You will be buried. As a king. A man might be thought wealthy if someone were to draw the story of his deeds. Who is then fought off by Mulder, and then they capture him and take him down. <laughs> they like push him into the room with Scully. And I'm like, <laughs> this I feel like this could have been handled better. Like, yeah, he goes he goes first. Yeah. I guess you got a gun to your back so you don't misbehave but yeah uh, it's well, like hey let's hey let's play a prank on scully right just, <laughs> another one <laughs> it's prank scully episode it's, let's just shove this tall norwegian guy in here and not say that not warn her it's great trondheim says that he recognizes olafson because he is a pirate and a deceiver whose friends might have taken his boat just now. We never see friends. We don't know if that's what happened. We see his friends' dead bodies. Oh, do we? Yes, we do. They all did. Okay. When? How did I miss that? You said that they were rats. They were the dead bodies that the rats were climbing on. Oh, there were bodies in there? There were. I was just looking at the rats. I know. <laughs> wow. Put some cute furries in front of me and I will miss the bodies. <laughs> It's almost like <laughs> when Mulder was holding that newspaper I was trying to read. <laughs> I still to this day have never seen that knife. <laughs> wow. Oh, man. We should see if we can find a still of that shot. <laughs> Tweet it out if we can. Uh, this is the knife that Kristen can't see. <laughs> yes, we should get a still because then I can actually read the newspaper. <laughs> Zoom in. Enhance. Barkley dies suddenly. Scully says that he's turning into a pillar of salt. Mulder tells him tells them to tie up Olafson so they can get some rest. When they wake up, Mulder and Scully start showing signs of rapid aging. They all have. They've all started showing signs Except Olafson. They argue about what the phenomena is and who is to blame. Scully claims oxidation of the cells and tissues may be caused by the very water around them, and a large metallic object could be imposing on them free radicals. So then I did some more definition mining, because I was like, I always hear about free radicals, and it's stamped on everything that's supposed to be good for your skin and everything. It's a really good gun in Borderlands 3. Oh, Free radicals are unstable atoms that can damage cells, causing illness and aging. 
Free radicals are linked to aging and a host of diseases, but little is known about their role in human health or how to prevent them from making people sick. In their arguing, Mulder says to Trondheim, nobody twisted your arm to come here. And you also didn't tell me what was going on. So that's not a very good argument. No. He's allowed to be angry about coming here because what he thought he was doing is taking some people on a very long boat trip to a place that that had superstitions around it that he didn't hold. So he was just thinking, this is just a long boat trip. Yeah. They withheld. Yes. And it got him killed. That's right. And I kind of don't blame him for the rest of his actions in this episode. Yeah, I don't either, actually. Not harshly, anyway. Right. If he were in a different situation, he should have behaved differently. But in this situation, in the way that he got here... Yeah. I'm not, I'm not terribly mad at him. No. No. The ship begins to ooze rust. Trondheim is left with Olafson while Mulder and Scully poke around the ship. Olafson tries to bargain with Trondheim to let him go. We could rule this world. Why do you oppose me? Ooh, and we finally get to hear multiple lines of Vladimir Kulich's voice. Yeah, it was really nice. Oh, it's so nice. (laughs) It's good stuff. Mulder identifies the one pipe which has not been rusted over and finds it leads to sewage processing. So we're getting closer to Scully is right. It's in the water. We don't know what it is, but we know it is in the water. They find a spot where they believe Olufsen and his friends were hiding and determine the only worthy drinking water comes from there. When we return to Trondheim, we see he has killed Olufsen and is now drinking water from a toilet. So the dogs are going to be fine. The dogs are fine. As long as you don't have one of those blue tablets in your toilet. Yep, dogs will be okay. That's right. Mulder is not happy that Olufsen is missing because we don't see this, but Trondheim gets rid of his body and also the blood. Yeah, I'm not sure how... They don't figure out that he killed Olufsen. I don't either. They just kind of forget about Olufsen entirely. Well, he comes back and he's mad because the rope is sliced. But what would Trondheim have done? Used the water from the toilet? That's the only thing going to save him to wash Wash off off the the blood? blood? That doesn't make any sense. No. And how would he have gotten that body out of there? How long were Mulder and Scully gone? Not long enough. And he would have made so much noise dragging that body? That guy was huge. Yeah. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to speak of, of him in the past tense. He is huge. Vladimir Kulich is huge. Okay. And has a great voice. Yes. Though I don't recall hearing any exploits of his, apart from killing his brothers. But Mulder's mad. Trondheim says, I don't want to be interrogated. It's like, yeah, nobody wants to be interrogated, <laughs> dude. Nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition. <laughs> Scully says she's going to take blood and urine samples. How? How? And... What are you going to do with them? She's going to test them, but I never saw anything. that We see a urine sample cup, so does she just have those in a bag? And all the stuff she needs to test the stuff for specific things? Right? <laughs> uh-huh. uh, big plot hole. Yeah, yeah. Editor's note, I guess we were a little nitpicky here because... She did see the one guy get super old, so she probably was expecting survivors and knew that she needed to test other people for getting super old. After testing, Scully finds huge amounts of salt, which is causing rapid cellular damage. Mulder does not look to be doing so well compared to Scully and Trondheim. Scully thinks primarily because he was so sick on the way over, he started off dehydrated, while Scully and Trondheim started off hydrated, and so it's having a more rapid effect on him. Apparently puking is bad for you. Yes. This is news to me. Is it? Yes. Every time I have puked 
in the last I don't know, 20 years, I've felt better afterwards. Wow, every time? Maybe. I don't know. Usually, anyway. Ugh, not me. I hate puking. Mulder does not look to be doing well um, after a while, and Trondheim decides that he does not want to give Mulder any more water. He tries to talk Scully into stopping Mulder's rations. He tries. He tries to, to save Scully as well. But he's not interested in saving somebody who's clearly going to die. Yes. And considering they tricked him into coming out here, I'm not terribly mad at him. You know what? Putting it that way, I was a little bit more harsh on him because obviously I was, I'm supposed to be on Mulder and Scully's side, which most of the time I'm actually not anyway. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But, you know, whatever. Here's where I noticed that even though they've got all this old person makeup on, they still have Hollywood eyes. Hmm. The whites of their eyes are still super white. Interesting. And it's a little distracting to me, but I mean, obviously, what are they going to do? Right. Just punch them in the eyes over and over again. <laughs> Get them don't. all bloodshot. They already throw Scully around too much. <laughs> Trondheim takes to roaming the ship one night. Scully finds he is hoarding all the clean water to himself. Uh, they have a standoff, which is when she pulls a gun on him and. Oh, Scully. I know, and she doesn't actually intend to use it. And then he locks himself in the sewage hold. And I guess the rats left? No, the rats are still in there. Are they? Yeah. I missed them that time. Put your phone on silent. Trondheim locks him, locks her out of the sewage hold, locks himself in, and Scully rummages through all of the crew lockers and finds a snow globe. I was very much looking forward to seeing how she got that glitter out oh, the... of the snow globe. Right. And then they skipped that part. Maybe she had a strainer. Cheesecloth. Cheesecloth. I was thinking about it because yeah. I was like, what could... She would need more than a strainer. She'd need a very small strainer, and then she'd need cheesecloth folded multiple times. Mm. Because, and then she'd need to strain it out of the cheesecloth. Like, or just drink the glitter, I mean, if you're desperate. But glitter is made out of tiny shards of glass, right? If it is, I did not know that. In the 90s? I feel like... I thought it was like paper. Not Shiny paper. paper. It's not paper. Editor's note, glitter is made out of metal. Uh, usually aluminum, titanium dioxide, iron oxide, which is rust, or bismuth oxychloride. Next, she tears apart the kitchen and finds a can of sardines. She combines all the moisture in the entire ship and gives it to Mulder, but he tells her that she should have it because she's a woman. <laughs> when he first <laughs> said that, I was like, oh, what? <laughs> But then he gives reasons that I'm not sure if they're, like, scientifically accurate. But if they are, it sort of... he His arguments make sense. That she just has a better chance of living. But the way that it's stated... he's The way he says it, you're a woman. What? <laughs> he says he'll wait for rescue, but the ship begins to rock violently. And the gross little lime sardine snow globe concoction spills on the floor i was so excited to watch them drink that i still don't think the sardine juice has got to be super salty yeah so that's not going to be good to drink if you're dehydrated the lemon juice is just acid so i don't think that's going to rehydrate you i don't know you said that and i didn't look it up but i it's probably better than nothing i guess but if you got nothing in your stomach yeah, it could, it could just cause more problems. Yeah. I don't know. But I'm all about the snow globe water. I'm, I'm good with that. Okay. Yeah. Even if it's made with glass shards and you drink it and it cuts I up your insides? Why would it be made of glass? I don't know, but that's what my brain tells me. We had Goldschlager in the 90s. 
But you can have little paper. But that's little gold. Shiny glitter. Shiny it's glitter. It's not paper. <laughs> it's not glitter either. It's those little gold. It's that gold leaf. Gold foil, yeah. Which so isn't gonna, paper. It's basically paper. Remember drinking that when you were a teen and thinking ah. you were fancy? No, I don't think it was out when I was a teen. It was I, out me when neither, I was in college. Me neither, because that'd be illegal. <laughs> it was out when I was in college. You know what? I was a teen in college, so never mind. Yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> So the commotion is caused by the hull corroding, and that's what Mulder and Scully say. They think that they're taking on water. And (laughs) the one area of the whole ship that fills with water is the sewage hold. Yeah. (laughs) And Tronheim says out loud, I can't open the door to nobody. (laughs) Maybe the rats. He's talking to the rats. I'm sad for the rats. I wanted the rats to have gotten out of there, but then if they get out of there, they're going to age really rapidly. I guess so. Dang it. R.I.P. the rats. Hate it. Hate that for them. 14 hours later, Mulder jokes that he always wanted to take a cruise when he got older, but the service is terrible on this ship. Yeah, and I think somebody David Duchovny cared about died of Parkinson's. Yeah. Because he seems to think that if you're old, you have Parkinson's, because he's shaking the entire time. He was. Scully speaks about her coma experience, and she says that they have nothing to fear when they die, which seems very personal, and I think if you want to be afraid of dying, then okay. Well, thank you. You're welcome. I appreciate that. (laughs) She writes in her journal that Mulder has lost consciousness, and the ship must be sinking for sure. Uh, Among Halverson's belongings, she finds a children's book of Norse mythology, which seems like a weird thing to bring on this boat trip yeah why would he take that from boat to boat that yeah that's weird that doesn't make any sense the book depicts the end of the world and she begins to concede that she may die fine a rescue crew is seen boarding the ship like a week after the original crew disappeared so good job navy finding these people a week late yeah scully awakens under the care of the same doctor who threw her out at the beginning of the episode caring for her because now Scully is in there in a capacity she's allowed to be in there for. (laughs) The doctor tells her they were only able to save Mulder because of her notes about the conditions and that the ship sunk an hour after they were rescued, so it may no longer be examined. Well darn. Yep. How are you surviving? I am surviving by bringing my own supplies. Why did they even think that the ship that they were going to was going to have what they needed to survive? That's a really good question. <laughs> it I was do feel my... like packing for your expedition is important. Makes sense. If yeah. you're going to be, you know, minimum, you're going to be on this boat for 20 hours. Minimum. And that doesn't include bad weather, unexpected circumstances, finding the boat and doing anything there. So what, I didn't see so much as a water bottle. No, they were not prepared. Yeah. I'm with you on that one. I'm also never going on a cruise because nothing good happens on boats. Oh. Is that how you're surviving? By not getting not on getting the boat. Not getting on the boat? Yep. Okay. Who are you shipping? <sighs> I want to see a spin-off uh, comic book about that nurse and whoever his partner is. Oh. Okay. I want to see him go home to his partner and then tell his partner about (laughs) the audacity of this woman (laughs) who thought that she was going to get past all of this security and how he wasn't having it. Because I feel like he and his partner would have 
great stories to tell each other and beautiful charisma between each other, but he did not have any time for Scully's obvious bullshit. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Who are you shipping? I am shipping Vladimir Kulich's voice and all of us. Okay. See you, Pomoy. Don't have. We needed more. We needed more of it. Not enough in this episode. Yeah. What else was he in? The 13th Warrior. Mm-hmm. He was the beast in a number of episodes of Angel. Oh. Huh. And listeners of this episode will note that uh, I've dropped a lot of those. Uh, I've dropped a lot of those sound bites into this episode so far. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will find out next week. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anything else on this episode? Yes. I um, just want to run through the plot holes real quick. Oh, yeah. Got a couple things. Makes no sense that the guy's fingernails were real long. If time was speeding up and that's why they were aging, sure. But that's not what was happening. Right. Who stole the boat? Who stole Trondheim's boat? Uh, no idea. What was the light that the people, that the Navy people saw? <laughs> no idea. Why does Scully have urine and blood testing kits <laughs> with her? I don't know. Just what's, some weird stuff. What's actually causing all of this? Well, the heavy salt. What Scully is calling the heavy salt. Right, I know it's heavy salt, but heavy Probably salt... Probably the meteor that landed around there has had like some weird high salt content something or other. I'm, I'm fine with that. I actually like the direction it went, that it didn't be time warps, timey-wimey stuff. <laughs> I like that uh, it went like a scientific rational explanation for this one. I like that. All right. I think if it would have went the other direction, I would not have liked the episode nearly as much. I agree. Scully got to be right about something. Finally. Finally. She didn't get kidnapped and beaten up. Which was nice. It was nice. She did have the one moment where she pulled a gun and was not ready to use it. Yeah. Which was annoying. Everybody pulled guns. Mulder is the only one who was ready to use it. Yes. I think he should have been a little more threatening with it. Yeah. But I do believe that he would have pulled the trigger. Yeah. So. It's the only person, though. Yeah. The only one. This whole episode? Yeah. That's all I got. So a couple of things I had a problem with, and then a thing that I liked. All right. The Cast Files is produced by Kristen Riley and Dave Reed. Edited by Dave Reed. You can find us on Twitter at Cast Files. You can find me on Twitter at Dave Reed. That's D-A-I-V-E-R-E-E-D. You can email us at thecastfiles. That's the with two E's at gmail.com. If you could please go rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, give us five stars and tell us that we are doing phenomenal things. Artistic, wonderful things. We are raising the bar on podcasting. We would love you forever for that. We have a Tee Public store. You can go buy t-shirts and stuff there. Music by Hal Six. Logo by Anuka Art. That's O-O-K-A-A-R-T. Da 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 da